You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Socks in the Basement brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions. Remember, they have Socks in the Basement deals for you. Check them out. Anything that has to do with your foundation, your basement, they've got it covered. They've got a portion of the proceeds from every job going to first responder organizations and also veteran organizations. So a portion of your money going to those. Plus, Family Waterproofing Solutions is veteran-owned, female-owned, and family-owned FAMWS. My friend, I was thinking to myself, we should have like a guest in, just like we have almost every week. I'm not your guest. And no, well, you're you're my friend. You sit at my nine-foot home at Oak Bar. We talk White Sox. We've been doing it now for over two years. But then what I realized was I didn't want a guest. Not this week. I wanted just me and you to talk for a half hour because a little over two years ago, we were in the thick of a rebuild. And, yes, we were. And if you think about where we are right now as we sit down on a Tuesday afternoon, worst case scenario, we're still tied in first place when this comes out on Wednesday morning. Likely, we may be still alone in first place when you hear this on Wednesday morning. This is the moment that we've been waiting for. Alone in first place and legitimately, legitimately going to the postseason. I'd be shocked if they didn't get in there at this point. I think there's like a one percent chance they don't make the postseason. I'm knocking. I'm knocking on your on the wood of your homemade oak. Bar. And a legitimate contender for a World Series, I would say. So the last time I was down here was last Tuesday when we taped the show. This was before Giolito pitched his no hitter, and um, I remember watching the end of it because I got home from work, but but um, I caught the last third of the game. And everybody was, like, acting all weird on Facebook and acting all weird about the game on Twitter. I'm like, what is going on? And Benetti, Benetti was obviously, you know, and Stone weren't – they were not saying the words no hitter. So they were acting – they were talking – you were using some very strange terms. I'm like, what is going on? And then I, uh, they they showed up – they showed the score, and I was like, oh, my God, Giolito has a no hitter going. So I watched the last third of that. And, you know, put that together with – you know, the walk-off Grandal home run over the weekend, the Robert home run last night against the Twins or Monday night against the Twins that he just absolutely crushed. Um, You know, you're just watching this and you're just like, man, this is a, spe- this is a special team. This is a fun thing to watch. We don't, you know, we, we haven't had nice things like this in so long. Look, we have, we had a guy throw a no hitter. We have a legitimate rookie of the year candidate and Robert I'd be shocked if Tim Anderson isn't in the running for MVP this year Jose Abreu has 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 come alive you know he had he'd had a really slow start at the beginning of the year but he is just smashing the ball now and he's driving and runs I, I think he's somewhere he leads he surpassed Mike Trout in RBIs so far this year. 32 RBIs so far as we sit here right now with a 996 OPS on the season. Yeah, I mean, he's, just he's killing it. It's, it's, 
It's just so much fun. To, it is so much fun to watch. And Louis Robert could also be an MVP candidate. He could be Rookie of the Year and be an MVP candidate. That's, yeah. where, that's the track that he's on right now. It's absolutely insane. Let me, let me tell you as we sit here, because I just want to have this moment, because I think we deserve it as Sox fans to just talk about where we're at right now. On May 25th, 2018, Sox in the Basement debuted. The first show that we ever did. Hundreds of thousands of downloads later. And now sitting here at this moment where the White Sox are, at this very moment and the road we got, including the craziness of this season where we didn't even know if we were going to have a season to get to this point, I looked up the lineup for the day that we released our first show. Oh, this will be fun. And I want to give you the lineup <laughs> when oh, we released man. our first show, Socks in the Basement. When the name Socks in the Basement... And I, I describe it on the first show. You can go back and you can you can go to SoxInTheBasement.com. The archives of every show is there. And I said, it's because we're sitting in a basement. It's because we're at a bar. And it's because we're in the basement of the standings in all of Major League Baseball. It, yes. was, it made so many things. And I remember I said on the show, I can't wait for it to be ironic because we're not in the basement anymore. Correct. And we're not in the basement anymore. We're the exact opposite at this point. Yeah, you are. Like, I was looking over the power rankings today. Top five MLB power rankings in pretty much every major sports poll. I mean, it feels it, incredible. It, it does. It's great. You feel a sense of accomplishment as a fan because you stuck through this. You feel a sense of accomplishment because you sat there and you 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 actually paid attention to a team when some of the fan base may have gone away. You, you were looking at different prospects and saying, this guy might work, this guy might not. Here are the guys that were in the lineup. The White Sox lost 5-4 to four as the Tigers blew up Bruce Rondon, losing relief pitcher for three runs in the bottom of the eighth inning in Detroit. The Sox were leading at that point 4-2 and lost 5-4. to four. On the 25th of May, 2018, the day that Sox in the Basement debuted, Yohan Moncada led off. Yolmer Sanchez was playing, was batting second. Sanchez was at third. Moncada was at second. Abreu in the three spot. Daniel Palka was your DH. Tim Anderson batted fifth. Omar Navarez huh. was your catcher batting sixth. Adam Engel was your center fielder. Charlie Tilson was your left fielder. And batting ninth, Trace Thompson, your right fielder. Think about where we're at now. It's really funny because, you know, a lot of those guys are still here. Well, yeah, now Yomer's back, too. Yomer's and back, Yomer, too. Yomer is, and I'm going to say this right now. I, I put it up on Twitter. I knew I was going to get flack for it because there was just a section of White Sox fans that love Yomer. He's a great little mascot. He pours Gatorade on himself. But Ricky Renteria is addicted to Yomer Sanchez. He, it would be like giving an alcoholic a bottle of scotch as a present for a job well done and, and saying, you did a great job not drinking. Here's some scotch. Like, that's what like it's Rick like. Han, like Rick Hahn just yeah. like <laughs> gives him Yomer Sanchez back because he's done such a good job. Well, look, at, like, look, at, look at Yomer's return, right? There was a questionable move on Monday with Yomer's return. Yeah. Gerard Dyson is sitting there on your bench. He's the fastest guy available. You've just watched him distract the pitcher so badly he throws a cookie to Luis Robert yes. for a massive blast. He He's going to make an immediate impact, and he could have stolen second base. And worst case, on the hit that follows up where he should have been on first base, 
he would have gone first to third. Nobody else on the team could have gone first to third, but Gerard Dyson would have been standing yes, at third he, base. Yes, he would with have. only one out. And instead, Yomer Sanchez goes in as the pinch runner. Now, it all works out in the end, but I had all these people on Twitter going, oh, no, no, he's saving Dyson as a defensive replacement when they get the lead. First of all, that's stupid. You have to get the lead first. Secondly, he didn't use him after he no, got he the lead. So in reality, the addict, this Yomer Sanchez addict, that Ricky Renteria is chose Sanchez as his best option for the go-ahead run instead of Gerard Dyson, who was literally put on the team for that reason. And they won on Monday. But remember this, Luis Roberts saved his manager twice in that game. Right. It was incredible. The, because of the home run and then because right. of the then because of the ground rule double down the left field J- line. Jace Fry is ready. Stone is literally saying Hoyer's got nothing left. They're clearly (laughs) going to go get Fry for the left-handed hitting Jake Cave. And then Stone is showing the guys on the bench, talking about the guys on the bench available to to Rocco Baldelli as to whether or not he could actually counter Renteria's move. He's got two really bad switch hitters and two left-handed bats on the bench, so he can't do anything really if Fry is brought in. So they're both going, well, here comes Fry. Nope, Fry never comes out. Hoyer goes in and gives up the go-ahead run. Now, Robert saves his bacon with a mammoth shot because it's like you're playing with a video game character you created when you start. Like, if you had a video game and you're like, I'm going to make myself and I'm going to give him 99s across the board and make him the greatest ball player in the game. That's what Luis Robert is. He just comes right out and buries a home run and saves his manager the first time. Then after the mistake with Dyson and putting Sanchez in instead, where you could have had a fly ball score the run from third, and now you need a legit base hit, Robert saves his bacon again with a shot down the line. Like, like he he doesn't he doesn't take the loss. He doesn't take the win. My Rick's factor still has Ricky Renteria at only negative one in the last week. He won them a game and lost them a game. But still, he saved his bacon. Yomer Sanchez is crack for Ricky Renteria, and he's been a, he's been a very good recovering addict. And then, for some strange reason, the White Sox gave him a bag of crack on Monday. <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense. Like, I can't wait for the Yomer. He's starting a second base game that's coming. And you know it's coming. Right, because... <laughs> Even though Danny Mendick's killing the ball, you know it's coming. I just felt like Mendick and Mandrigal both needed a day off at the same time. And Yomer, he gives us that spark. Like, all Yomer's job should be is sitting at the end of the bench, waiting to dump Gatorade on himself. Like he's a he's a fun he's a gold glove player. Trust me, I know he's a gold glove player. He plays very good defense, and I could understand if you were in a pinch or you wanted better defense at a certain position that you used him. I'm not saying that he's useless, but Gerard Dyson should have been the guy that came in on Monday. The Sox just were fortunate that things went the way that they went. He's already making addict moves because he loves him so much. Remember how the team wasn't bringing him back. And he never gave any at-bats to Danny Mendick in September last year. Right, and then look at Mendick right now. And it, 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 the logic when it comes to him, it's like he's like that girlfriend that, that calls Ricky at 3 in the morning. And she has done him dirty so many times. And he keeps showing up at her door at 3 a.m. And at 4 o'clock while he's laying next to her, some dude calls her and she leaves. That's what, that's what this is. Socks in the basement listeners, do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the south side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park and New Lenox. 
a work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota, and one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, with a sister store available to you at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. I started off the show so happy. I know. I what happened, what happened to you? All you had to do, all, you, all we had to do, all I had to do is remind you that Yomer Sanchez is back. Look. <laughs> I mean, I don't have anything listen. against Yomer Sanchez, and he, I'm sure he has a place on the team, but your manager is addicted to him, and he uses him in weird instances. He just does weird stuff with Yomer. He loves him so very, very look, much. Look, we're tr- listen, this is a good day, right? We're it's trying a wonderful to be, day. We're trying I'm to be happy. happy about we're trying I'm to happy. be We're trying to be happy about the fact that you have, you know, not one, but two potential MVP candidates. Hell, I'm going to say three if Jose Abreu keeps doing what he's doing oh, he's all the an rest MVP of the candidate. year. Look what he's doing you against got, you, got, you know, you got this. You got, I mean, do you have Cy Young candidate on this team? No, not with Bieber doing what he's doing. But still, you have a bullpen. You've got... Giolito and Keuchel are both pitching incredibly well. When I see them on the mound, I go, we're probably going to do well. You've got balance. You've got speed. You've got power. You, you know, the lineup is... The lineup is dangerous as hell from one to nine. Don't worry. Be happy. No, no, I, I am happy. I still see things that drive me nuts. There are certain moves that he makes. He He's really screwed up the game that they lost over the weekend against the Royals. He let that game get out of hand, sticking with pitchers too long and both bad bullpen decisions. And when the team tried to come back, they couldn't. It was already really out of reach. That was that frustrates me. And then he'll turn around the next day and he'll do something really smart, like uh, elevate Aloy Jimenez, or maybe it was the day before. Maybe it was the first when Mancati dropped him down for one day. Yeah, it was and Jimenez point. went very did very well in the two spot. And every time and everything worked out perfectly with that lineup. And you got to give him credit for the win. Here's the thing: over the last three weeks, Renteria is basically replay just perfectly he's not losing you any games not winning you any games he's a replacement he's right down level the manager he's a replacement level manager do they have a metric for right, that right, but he's he's not but he was losing you games in the first few weeks of the season so there is an improvement in what what, he's gonna, actually what, winning you some games what are we going to call that m war i don't know the manager, manager war, war? i've come up thing? with a new stat can we m do war. that um look expectations now with what has happened over the past month expectations for as high as they were before should be higher. Joining me on the phone line right now, one of the three drunk uncles that sit out in Section 108, one of the godfathers of Twitter. We have My Sox Summer on the line for yet another irrational White Sox argument. How are you, my friend? Hey, Chris, I'm doing great. And it's uh, like, as long as we're winning, everything seems like really gravy. So let's just, let's do this. I know. And we're trying to have a really positive show today, but you know this as well as I do. White Sox fans are bipolar. Nothing is more bipolar than White Sox (laughs) Twitter. Even during the game on Monday night where the Sox win, it almost felt like at times 
everything was falling apart at the seams, and that's what brings me and you together to have these irrational arguments. 100%. What's funny is you wrote a blog that touches on this subject, so I'm going to tell it to you what I'm thinking right now. Based upon how the White Sox hit last year with Todd Severson and how they're hitting this year with Frank Mankino as their hitting coach, it is obvious that Mankino is an absolute hitting genius, and Todd Severson sucks. Argue with me. Right. I mean, 100%, right? I mean, if you're at least going by comments on Twitter and uh, people's thoughts, if um, if we're not hitting well, it's always, always the coach, never the player. And if they're hitting well, well, that's just his innate ability to know the player's innate ability of how to hit a ball. So, yeah, Frank, I can't argue with that because Frank is obviously – Light years ahead of the way Todd Severson was last year, so I can't I can't argue this. This is I mean that's just that's flawless rationale, rationale that I I learned by you know following the White Sox and all things White Sox on Twitter. Right, exactly. I mean that's science. That's all that is right there. One hundred percent. I have another one for you. It's something that Dave and I brought up already on this show. So here it is. The White Sox have made a terrible decision putting Yomer Sanchez on the active roster as he is Ricky Renteria crack and Renteria will put him in way too many times and he should just be relegated to sitting on a bench guarding the Gatorade cooler. Well, <laughs> I I don't think we go. I thought we might be beyond Yomer Sanchez. I thought we would not need to have to deal with another Yomer Sanchez um, viewing, but apparently... He's so good that we have to bring him back to have him out there. The White Sox cannot be the White Sox without him. I I am only going to say that it's okay because apparently Mankata is hurt and Yomer probably can play third a little bit better than um, Mendick or Magical. I don't think I want Magical on the hot corner. I don't think he's tall enough to get some of those uh, the balls that maybe hit to him. Wish we didn't have to go there, but here we are. Is it possible that this reported meeting between Renteria, Han, Williams, and some of the team leaders, when they said, what do you guys want at the deadline? They just looked at each other and said, we want Yomer back? I don't know what I would say if I was in that meeting, but that would definitely be one of the topics I would want to bring up. (laughs) Like, let's bring Yomer back, guys. Like, it hasn't been fun without him. Let's bring him back. My Sox Summer, one of the three drunk uncles from Section 108, the godfathers of White Sox Twitter, Thank you for stopping in and having an irrational argument with me. And the White Sox are in first place. So let's be honest, it's all gravy right now. It is. We have a brand new sponsor. I want to tell you all about it. And and I've got this great read. This is the first time I've done a live read for them. So this is the first time I'm reading it. So you and I and the listeners will all hear this commercial at the exact same time. This is how prepared I am for it. Okay. Uh, Braiding your daughter's hair, taking care of a sick parent, the promise to your baby that there's nothing in this world you wouldn't do for them. This is gripping. For 175 years, New York Life Insurance Company has lived by this belief. Love is more than a feeling. It's an action. Putting your love in action starts with a simple phone call to your local New York life agent. David Miller can be reached at 773-957-3630. That's 773-957-3630 or at NewYorkLife.com. David Miller will make sure your needs always come first, just like you do. 
for them. Were you surprised that the White Sox didn't make a move of the trade deadline? And did it anger you? Because some people were very angry they didn't make a move. But I actually went, whew, at least we didn't screw that up and give away something good <laughs> right. in a shortened season when the window's just opening. There were a couple of rumblings. Ultimately, in the end, Han came out and he used basically the same line that he's been using for the past, whatever, 22 years, in that they're not going to sacrifice long-term what is what is it? He they're not going to reflect. They're not going to sacrifice long term uh, flexibility and and success for something that is ultimately going to be short term. Right. That that was his kind of. I'm paraphrasing that, of course, but that's. I mean, if you follow Han, which I'm sure all of you do, you've heard him say stuff like this as long as two years ago. Han is playing the long game here with this team. He wants this team to be good for a decade. Okay. So what I gathered that had happened is that he picked up the phone. He made some calls in the end. The asking price was too high. The Whatever team he was talking to wanted either too many prospects or a particular prospect or asset that Han did not want to give up. And I'm okay with that. What I feel is this. I, f I feel like the White Sox... And we can ask our guests. It's going to be on Socks in the Basement Saturdays. It's a brand new thing that we're doing. Sometimes it's live and sometimes it's just a long conversation. This Saturday is going to be a long conversation with White Sox beat reporter from MLB.com, Scott Merkin, returning to the show. Oh, and nice. I've got a Scott's back. list of things that I want to ask Scott, and that'll come out on Saturday on demand everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com for the new Socks in the Basement Saturdays in addition to the normal Wednesday weekday show that comes out. But and I'm going to probably ask him a lot about these different topics, but one of the things I really want to talk to him about is, is it possible that what we have going on right now with the Sox is we have a couple of really high-tier prospects that we believe are pieces that we want to hold on to, and then we don't have anything else. Where other teams have these mid-tier guys that they can they can do quantity over quality. Like, look what the Padres gave for Clevenger. They basically made a trade that I would propose in my fantasy baseball dynasty league where I give up, like, seven young players to get one guy, even though none of them may ever be good enough, and I'm just getting rid of guys that half of them, I don't even know if they're going to make it to the majors, but I just gave this ridiculous list of players and was able to do that because I have so much depth that I can give away the mid-tier prospects because I don't need to give away the high-end guys. I could just put a bunch of mid-tier guys together, and the Sox don't seem to have that. They may be a little weak in that second level of prospect, and that might have been the problem, that, that Han is sitting there talking to teams about certain pitchers that he wants to get, and they're like, yeah, but I'm not interested in anything except for one of these five guys, and those, are the only, those five guys are the ones that he doesn't want to move. Yeah, I mean, if, somebody, if somebody's trying to say, hey, yeah, sure, I mean, I'll give you this... I'll give you this starting pitcher, but you're going to have to give up uh, an Andrew Vaughn, or you're going to have to give up a, a you know a Michael Kopech. You're not going to do or a Dane Dunning. You are right. not doing that. Well, I was petrified about the idea of giving up Vaughn. I think he's going to be a spectacular hitter. I think if you're if you're marveling at Luis Robert, I feel like when Andrew Vaughn gets here, you're going to be like, oh my goodness, this team is incredible. Like I don't want to give up him, but I would have given up a Dunning. And possibly a Kopech if it meant Mike Clevenger. For a couple of years of control, because here's the thing. Clevenger's already Clevenger. Right. Okay. 
But I expect that there was a higher asking price because they wanted an everyday, they wanted a couple of everyday players and a couple of prospects. The Indians were looking for a large amount of return. And the Sox don't have enough mid-tier guys to offer them a package of five without giving away more than just Dunning or Kopech. They would have had to give up maybe both of them. They would have had to maybe throw in Nick Mandrigal. Like there were things that they they don't have certain things, and that's why they couldn't win that. And you deal. gotta realize this too. The Indians aren't stupid. They're not going to they're not gonna just trade Clemenger away within the division. I mean, Unless they're gonna, we, we had to kill they, the Padres were, were, offer. We had to right. destroy the Padres offer to get him. Yeah, we would have had to it's 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 like we would have had to have overbid for, oh, yeah. for Clemenger in order to get him because the Indians know right off the get that the Sox are going to be looking for a starting pitcher, and you're not going to trade a guy like that within your division. You're just not going to do it unless the Sox were to come up with a ridiculous amount of prospects that you know a lot of people probably would have been angry about giving away. So I'm not, I'm not too upset about the lack of activity uh, at the trading deadline. No, are we thin in the starting pitching still a little? Yes, because of the fact that. You know, you've got the Rodon injury still. You know, I think he'll dude be can't, soon, no. dude can't stay, seem to dude, be coming back. Dude can't stay healthy. No. You were counting on you were counting on Kopech this year, and you're not getting that. So, yeah, a, a bit thin in starting pitching, but you know, not so much that they have to completely sell the farm in order to get one guy. And you've got some pretty good guys coming out of the pen right now. You're lucky that Matt Foster has been so good. This Cody Hoyer is a really solid pitcher. I mean, you've got some nice surprises coming out of your bullpen. Look, in the end. This is a shortened season during a pandemic where anything could happen. In two weeks, the entire political landscape or something could change and baseball just gets shut down out of nowhere. You could see like some weird resurgence of a mutation of the virus happen and baseball gets shut down out of nowhere. Or you could go into the first round and your young team plays with nerves like they did in the first inning against the Twins in the first meaningful series they really had where they had to go into it and you could lose in the opening series of the playoffs and go, why did I mortgage my future when there's 16 teams are going in and it's a one in 16 chance and I got a young team and my window is just opening. So I'm okay. I wanted to trade, and, but I wanted to trade at a stingy price. And if they couldn't get that, I'm okay with it. And then one other thing, just re the starting pitching. Remember this too, starting pitchers, are not going as deep into games now because of the way the rosters are structured. So if you can get five good in- it's not like you need to get six, seven good innings out of your starting pitcher like it used to be. You get five good innings out of a starting pitcher on this team with this bullpen, that's enough. All right, as we finish this show up, and don't forget, Socks in the Basement Saturdays is a new thing here we're doing at Socks in the Basement. You're still getting the show, 30 minutes of Socks, each and every Wednesday on demand, everywhere podcasts can be found, and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. But you're also getting Socks in the Basement Saturdays. Last week it was live. This week it's going to be a long conversation with Scott Merkin about the White Sox. Remember, you can call in anytime, including if you miss the live show. We have a voicemail, 708-459-8406, plus... And this is amazing. You can now get Socks in the Basement swag through the new Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network swag store. Just go to broadcastbasement.bigcartel.com and there are Socks in the Basement items on there along from other podcasts that the network does. Go to broadcastbasement.bigcartel.com. The always in demand White Socks trucker cap is up there 
at a very, very low price. All right. You brought over some great memorabilia and I want to talk about it because it's <laughs> awesome. No, I do. Because I mean, like it's, it's a, Dave keeps going in, like you were playing in your toy closet as a kid. Cause you have all this stuff from your parents' house that you've like stacked up and you go through it every once in a while. Cause you moved everything out of the house, but you don't have, you, you haven't really gone through everything. Everything so kind of got, everything, everything got thrown in it. Right. From, so I, it was all stored in my parents' house. When my parents moved, it was up to me to go through everything in the house and and pull everything that I you know needed to pull. So I I, I got a lot of White Sox memorabilia out of my parents' house that they had saved. Um, I basically took the stuff and threw it all in a closet in my house, like you know, along with the 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 you know my old toys and and stuff like that. Um, so, but it was all just in there, piled up, it with, with no rhyme the reason so i decided to take the weekend to kind of go through and and sort of organize it in there a little bit just so it's not like a a hulking pile of of, you know everything in my closet and so yeah i found some pretty fun uh i found some fun white Sox memorabilia that you may want to display here you brought tickets that have the scores on them and the winning pitchers that are amazing yeah the the piesta resistance the 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 incredible uh piece of memorabilia you brought over what is that back there sitting on the couch? So this was a giveaway. Um, <laughs> it's huge. In 19, it's I can very tell it's big. big. Yeah. There was, this was a giveaway in probably, we figured it would be 1990. This was a, um, because, because the gentleman on this poster is in White Sox pinstripes, and this would have been the only year that he would have worn such a uniform. So it's got to be 93. Yeah. A life-size Carlton Fisk growth chart. <laughs> A life-size Carlton Fisk poster. Did you a, get marked off on this growth chart? Did you check it? No, so no, this is because this is unused Carlton Fisk life-size 1993 growth chart. A poster the exact size of Carlton Fisk standing in his pinstripe uniform right before they gave him the Harley and sent him out of town. Okay. And he probably right. gave it away like the day before. Might even have been that day. Might even have been that like, day. Get all the fist stuff. We're we're releasing them. Get it all together. We're giving it away all on one day. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't know where the hell I'm putting it, but it's awesome. That yeah, you I'm, you'll, it I'm sure this bar will. You will find a home for it in this bar somewhere. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com. Dad, what is this? It's a growth chart. Your Uncle Dave brought it over. Why can't I have a Yoan Moncada? Because it's Carlton Fisk. He was a big catcher. It's, it's historical. Who the hell is Carlton Fisk? Just shut up and put it on your wall!